Riverbank, 1917. Grace stared at Robert. We're in no way equipped to do this. Robert looked back at her, one eyebrow raised, and that mouth of his playing silent music that reflected whimsy, amusement, and the willingness to take on any challenge. We can run away, he said slowly, or we can learn. I somehow earned a PhD. It's got to count for something. You graduated Phi Beta Kappa. Come now, we've had a thorough lesson. Let's solve these ciphers. One was a relatively short message, only a three-line paragraph. Following Colonel Hitt's process, they isolated the one, two, and three-letter words and began guessing at them, then plugging in the solved letters into longer words. They found repeating letters and guessed at those. And before long, as a knock came at the door and Jensen delivered them a sandwich tray, Grace exclaimed, Got it! It's a five-letter shift cipher. Look, it all works. She quickly wrote down the original alphabet, then the shifted one underneath. The message spelled out, I have great faith in the new codebreakers at Riverbank. They are green as a salad, but dedicated and bright enough to crack this cipher before dawn breaks or derangement sets in. Robert chortled and grabbed her in a bear hug. Colonel Parker Hitt had a sense of humor. Grace hugged him back and then froze awkwardly in his arms. One didn't hug colleagues, especially not those of the opposite sex. Robert smelled of a cologne that had hints of rosemary, mint, and cedar wood. He smelled of starch and wool, and a scent that was all his own, one that she couldn't define. She broke free, her gaze roaming to the bookshelves because it felt uncomfortable to meet his eyes. We did it, he said in a low voice. We did it. Yes, now's a good time for a sandwich and some tea. From the dining room of the villa, they could hear the clink of crystal, the clatter of silverware on china, the buzz of conversation occasionally punctuated by laughter. While a part of Grace felt isolated and left out, another part of her thrummed with excitement. She wasn't sure she could even describe the thrill of solving the code, but every fiber of her being hummed with it. Neurons ricocheted through her brain, her sight had somehow sharpened, her blood rushed through her veins. And yet, she didn't feel anchored to the earth. Her mind was an eagle, soaring over mountains of possibilities, clues, frequencies, secrets. While they ate, she looked at the second sheet Hit had left with them. It filled the entire page, comprising rows and rows of numbers separated by commas. There were thirty lines in all. It was intimidating, to say the least. They don't make any sense, Grace said, barely tasting the cold chicken, butter, or freshly baked bread. They don't seem to correlate to words. Robert took a big bite of his sandwich and chewed while trying to analyze the sheet. There are single digits, like three, four, one, and two, but there are only two words in the English language that are one-letter words, I and A. They can't all be page numbers in a book, Grace took a sip of tea, because there are quite a few repetitions. They puzzled over it as they finished their picnic dinner in the library, down to the last crumb. They counted how many times the numbers recurred, 
They threw oddball theories and guesses at each other. Nothing worked. They couldn't find a chink in the armor of the code. After their previous success, it was demoralizing. Perhaps Colonel Hitt's faith in them was misplaced. And if they couldn't even solve the second puzzle he'd given them, then how on earth were they going to break coded messages for the U.S. military? Crucial messages that might affect the outcome of the Great War. They'd long ago turned on the lamps in the library, and the fire made both of them drowsy, despite the occasional crackle or pop from the burning logs. Grace rubbed at her eyes, which now felt more like a mole's than an eagle's. Robert smothered a yawn. We can't expect to be masters of the craft after a few hours. Let's call it a night. <laughs>